Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 245 with our review of The Wolverine. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I am Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, Carson Patrick and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases hitting a theater near you. Uh, unlike last week when we had like several different episodes, this week we're just going to have one for you, and that is The Wolverine. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you do anything special to get ready for the Wolverine review, Carson? <laughs> yeah, I went and ate at uh, Red Robin, got the Berserker Burger. <laughs> oh, get me that Berserker Burger! I'm the, I'm the Wolverine. What I did to get ready for the Wolverine is I watched a, uh, I watched The Grey. I mean, that that's, that's what oh, I did to get yeah. ready for the Wolverine. Yeah, there's a lot of wolves in that. And I will say, uh, my mother did not care for it. <laughs> Well, your mother is also a woman. Uh, yeah. I think that's pretty much a guy movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was just that, That's a total guy movie. I don't think my mom would particularly enjoy it as much as my dad would probably. It was funny, though, because she, she would just watch it, and as people got picked off by Wolf, she was just like, who made this movie? Why is this movie <laughs> like this? Because it's awesome. Yeah, that's, I, what you, that's what you said. I don't think she was quite prepared for the level of uh, not-so-happiness that befalls so, the cast of this film gnarly wolf killings and what's funny too is you know once the credits started to roll she tried to make up uh, you know she tried to make up some happy events that may have happened after everything faded to black so i just fast forwarded the itunes uh or the i fast forwarded the netflix queue or whatever we were, what we were watching to after the credits and i was like does that change your opinion on anything <laughs> it was pretty good times yeah but yeah, that's that, a good movie. That, that is an awesome movie. I think. Uh, I mean, you know, Liam Neeson kind of is the Wolverine in that film. At the much. very end, when he puts on his alcohol miniatures, he's kind of like making his own. Yeah. yeah. Adamantium claws there. Yeah, it doesn't have bone claws, but you know, like bone claws aren't really as cool as no, that's alcohol kinda, miniature they're, claws. They're kind of lame. They're not as cool as as the steel claws. Though, like, if, if Wolverine <laughs> yanked the ribs out of some corpse on the ground and then, like, put them into his hands and then uh, electrical taped them... Oh, that'd be badass. Ma- maybe the bone claws would be a little bit more badass. Yeah, they just don't look as uh, intimidating as the adamantium claws do. Well, nothing does. I mean, <laughs> adamantium claws are like having four, you know, samurai swords, like, or three samurai swords yeah, exactly. st- sticking out of your hand. So. I mean, especially when they're really shiny and they're really, really fake CGI. <laughs> and he's looking at them in a mirror. Dude, that in, in you're, you're talking about that scene in X-Men Origins Wolverine, right? Yeah, yeah. where he's yeah. at the farmhouse and he's just like, Ugh. I remember watching the, uh, you know, the, the leaked pre-viz-ish version, like the, the unfinished version going, the man. The print, yeah. Just, just going like, man, I really hope it looks better than that in the final print. And you know what? Not, didn't really look that much better. <laughs> no, that's what everyone said, that all the effects in the movie look the same. Yeah. It which was, is pretty sad. It was, it was basically the exact same quality, but with a different texture on top of it. Yeah, it those were pretty horrendous, considering that... Um, you know, the first X-Men, which came out nine years earlier, uh, looked way better. The claws in, in that movie. Oh yeah, for sure. But luckily, it's weird. Luckily, I mean, at the beginning of this film, uh, our hero, the Wolverine, Logan is really depressed about his performance in the previous film. So (laughs) it it starts (laughs) off with him being like, oh man, that movie is so bad. I just have to go into the wilderness alone 
and hang out there until I can learn how to not make a terrible movie. You know, he was also hanging out in the wilderness in Origins, too, cutting trees. That's right. Um, yeah. Except he was not using his claws. No, he wasn't, but he was trying to not use his powers or anything Yeah. and live a normal life. But then, yeah, so it's kind of funny how they went back. Although, to be honest, dude, that town that he was staying at, or not the town, but the town below the mountain where he was staying at <laughs> in, in this film, yeah, totally looked like Dante's Peak. <laughs> like, I, I thought a volcano was going to go off. <laughs> You thought uh, James Bond was going to come rolling down the hill in his truck? Exactly. I thought he was going to like drive his pickup over lava. Oh. Uh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we are here to find out if the Wolverine does any better than X-Men Origins Wolverine. And, uh, yeah, what do you say we just take a look at the trailer for this film and then let everybody know how successful or unsuccessful it turned out to be? I've been trying to find you for over a year. It's an honor to meet the Wolverine. That's not who I am anymore. For many years, I have wanted to thank you for saving my life. I didn't send for you only to thank you, Logan. I wanted to repay you. A gift to equal the life you gave me. You have struggled long enough. I can end your eternity. Make you mortal. So the Wolverine uh, starts us off during, you know, World War II, and there's some planes flying to drop a big-ass bomb in Japan. And oh, Josh uh, Hartnett. This, yeah, he's hanging out there with, uh, with Ben Affleck, and then it's going to be super awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this, this nice Japanese soldier decides he wants to let out all the prisoners of war, and, you know, like, bad stuff's going to happen. Might as well free them, let them out. And, you know, one of these people is, uh, you know, it's our friend Wolverine, who for some reason somehow got himself captured uh, <laughs> yeah. by Japanese soldiers. In a Japanese POW camp. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just giving that as, uh, you know, that just happened. So Yeah, it, yeah naturally. Anyways, this bomb is dropped. Things going to hell. And uh, Wolverine saves this Japanese soldier by throwing him down in the cell that he was kind of in the ground in. And, uh, you know, cut to present day. That person has grown up to be a very wealthy 
and a mighty individual in Japan. And uh, now that that guy is old and dying, he sends people out looking for the Wolverine so that he can offer him this, uh, this basically this gift to him. Like, you know, we know that Wolverine has been living for like, what well, you know, forever, basically, and uh, has to suffer through a bunch of stuff. And this guy comes up with this plan that like, hey, I've discovered that uh, your healing ability can actually be transferred to somebody else. We could do that, and then you can go off and live your uh, life and die an old man, and won't that be awesome? I couldn't end your suffering. And, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> you can go, you know, you can go be in mutant heaven with Jean Grey. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why Jean Grey is French. I, um, I don't know. She's just she's just in this whole movie tempting him. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, much like in the Grey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not Jean Grey, but it's uh, the Grey. Less, and less the, ghost cleavage, though, yeah. in uh, the Grey. So, anyways, uh, so he, you know, Wolverine makes his way to Japan to meet this guy, and uh, you know, there's lots of stuff involving the the, Yaku- the Yakuza clan and uh, a bunch of crazy or the stuff Yakuza, happens. as they said in this movie. Yeah, well, you know, us 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 Americans, can us Americans, pronounce it yeah. however we want. That's how we pronounce it here in America. Uh, but anyways, yeah, this is the Wolverine. So Carson, why don't you let us know what you thought about it and if it surpassed, uh, you know, X Men Origins Wolverine? Uh, well, I think it did surpass X Men Origins Wolverine. I don't think that was a a hard task to do. Uh, but honestly, I don't think it passed it by much. Like I, <laughs> I think that um, I, I appreciated some of the stuff in this movie a, a lot more than. Uh, then I enjoyed it. Uh, there's there's a lot of good elements in the Wolverine that I thought would have been like a super badass movie if they had not tried to make uh, just like a run of the mill comic book movie. Right. Like I think that the uh, I think that what they're trying to go for is like the gritty, uh, almost you know grounded tone of like a Batman Begins, the Christopher Nolan style. And then, but then, kind of halfway through, we get a lot of this big comic booky uh, superhero stuff that we're accustomed to seeing in you know lesser movies or movies that were made kind of pre uh, Batman Begins. And I don't think it I don't think it meshes well at all. Like I I think that there was something that there was something interesting. Uh, about this like i thought the idea of having you know the wolverine go to japan he's like with all these you know this different culture and the samurais and he's you know fighting the the yakuza or yakuza and (laughs) you know like i i think there's a good story to be told there like i don't think this is the one though i think this movie overall is pretty worthless like and inconsequential like i i it's sad because I thought this was going to be a pretty much a one-off. Like, I mean, how Origins was supposed to be, you know, a spinoff with just the Wolverine. Yeah. And I thought this was kind of the same deal and that, you know, Hugh Jackman and the the filmmakers on this one, you know, were very explicit in saying, hey, we realized that uh, Origins wasn't so great and we're trying to retcon that movie and give it, you know, give the Wolverine his due, and you know, yada yada yada. Uh, I mean, I still don't think the Wolverine has gotten his due, in my stupid opinion. Like, I mean, I, I'd be interested to see like what 
you know, like a hardcore fan of the comics and this character. Like, but to me and what I've heard from, you know, my friends is that the Wolverine isn't a cuddly, uh, you know, (laughs) 12 year old, uh, character. Like, I don't think he's a character made for, for 12 year olds. Like I, I, in the PG 13 rating, I think he's a character, you know, when he's with the X-Men, that's fine. Like they can, you know, make him, and it, and it was successful, obviously. You've seen that in the first two X-Men films. And, you know, him popping up in first class was awesome. And uh, But, it, you know, if it's his own film, I think that it should have just been like a down and dirty hard R. And that's something, I mean, people listening may or may not know is that, you know, Darren Aronofsky was originally supposed to direct The Wolverine, which was you know, got me really excited when they announced that because I was like, yeah, like, this is the guy to take this character on. Kind of how, like, Nolan took on Batman. Like, they need someone like Aronofsky with that creative thinking to bring something different to this type of movie. But do you think he would have actually made an R-rated Wolverine? Well, that's the thing, is that he left the project uh, because... Well, he cited that he didn't want to, you know, be away from his family in Japan for like a super long shoot. But really, um, you know, the really the reasons was he wrote a script uh, that was like a brutal, like hard R script. And uh, the studio was like, nah, man, we got to get the 13 year old kids in here to see this movie. But I think that like they were kind of shooting themselves in the foot because like, I think they could have made this film for like 50 to 60 million bucks and done it like the way it was intended to be made and just make a like really awesome Wolverine movie where he's like up against the criminal underworld of Japan and there's no like goofy like the Viper and the Silver Samurai deal and uh and have it just be like this like grounded uh, gritty film and that would be like super awesome I think uh, to see that movie um, and this movie was just you know it it didn't feel apparently it had a 120 million dollar budget uh, it didn't feel that way because the, the scope of this movie is not very expansive in my opinion um, it doesn't feel like a big film like it's weird because like it starts off and they're trying to be this like contained thing but then it just gets bigger and bigger, and by the third act, you know, he's fighting the big samurai thing, and that's just all stuff out of, you know, like I said, run-of-the-mill comic book stuff. And to me, this this story did not feel very strong to me. Like, the idea of that he saves this guy back in World War II, and then, you know, 60-plus years later, he's like, hey, man, I can, you know, solve your problems here which i mean come on even if like he's being tempted by funky jansen like who'd want to give up invincibility basically i mean i don't know like that's why i think the wolverine is such a cool character is that uh you know he's just he's impervious to everything when he's just a badass and like there's there's elements of of the wolverine uh you know, being like the Wolverine that we want him to be, like when he's walking around with the one Mariko girl, and she's just like, oh, yeah, like, we can go to this other place, and he's just like, shut up, I don't care for this shit, 
Like that that stuff is funny. Like I think, you know, having him just be like go f yourself the entire time would have been great. Like I wanted I wanted to see more of of Hugh Jackman just being that way. And it's sad because Hugh Jackman is always committed to playing this character. I mean, he's committed to pretty much every role that he plays, but especially the Wolverine because it's, you know, the character that made him. Um, and it, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate because he puts so much effort and commitment into playing this character. And I feel like the movies, or especially this movie and, and Origins, were not up to the level of his commitment. Like, I wish the movie would be, like, just as awesome because he's putting in 200% and the movie is just kind of coasting by on, uh, you know, fumes, basically. Like, I I don't know. There's, there's, there's more stuff that I would say, but they're spoilery. I mean, because, like, the, basically the plot, I think, to me, is, is not anything substantial. Like, I didn't find it all that compelling. Like, okay, so this guy called him back and... And yeah, and like how things end up, I'm just like, that, that wasn't anything special to me. Like, what what did we accomplish here? Like, that's why it felt like really inconsequ- inconsequential to me. And then, and then also, you know, but I, but at the end, I was kind of like, well, I mean, if they're they're trying to make this a one off, then okay, I can I can go with that. But then, of course, we get a mid credits stinger, and it's just like, oh well, this was basically a hundred twenty million dollar cock tease for Days of Future Past. That's coming out next summer. Well, no, uh, that, that's okay. First of all, that okay. Two two things. One is if you think Darren Aronofsky's version of the Wolverine wouldn't acknowledge the tragedy of being immortal, I think you're crazy. Second off, I didn't say that though. No, but you said it was stupid. Like the like who, you, basically you said who wouldn't want to be immortal is is exactly yeah. What but you I'm said. not saying that Aronofsky's version would would deal with that. I don't know if it would deal with that or not. I'm but just I, saying that I, I like, gar- I, w- I guarantee you it would because that's the only tragedy of this character. Cause otherwise he's Superman. He's Superman. And the only kryptonite is that he has to watch every person he knows and loves die. Yeah. But I'm just saying in this version, like the, the idea, I, I, I can see why like he would be up for it, but the way that it's handled in this movie, isn't all that interesting in my opinion. I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm sure Aronofsky's approach to that would probably be a lot more interesting and fulfilling, I think, to the character. But, I mean, his his vision of this movie could have been a lot different. And I was just saying, in my opinion, like it would be cool just to see the Wolverine taking on kind of like the criminal underworld of Japan. Just like, you know hypothesizing not exactly uh, you know that's what his version was going to be i just thought like maybe that's what it was going to be i don't know i was just thinking like that's what i would wanted to see but as to what aronofsky was going to do with with this story that you know he goes to japan i don't know like i don't know what his vision on it was other than he wanted to do like a hard r take on it Right, and I I don't remember what the th- first thing you were saying that made me first want to interject, but I didn't want to pass up the other comment. So, oh yeah, no, no, that, that's what it was. Sorry. Before I go on, you were saying that this film is really just a cock tease for uh, Days of Future Past, just based on that stinger. The stinger is just there for fan service. It's not like to say this film is a cock tease for Days of Future Past when that little stinger 
comes two years after the events of this film, it really has it like it's not. It, that's like saying that uh, you know. Um, Whichever film, it's like saying Captain America or whatever was a cock tease for Thor or reverse that. Whichever whichever order those things happen in, like when they were putting all the stingers at the end of the films to lead towards that future film, they weren't literally like this film was only there to facilitate that. Like it was, they were all their own films and they were all hinting, they were all teasing the eventual film, but it wasn't like they were only made for the purpose of that. No, I don't think those, I don't think like the Marvel movies that were building up to the Avengers were necessarily felt that way because they were, they were building their universe. Um, but this movie, there's, there's nothing really to it. That's why like the movie itself feels like a one-off. Like it feels like a true spinoff. Uh, and it was it supposed to be, I mean, it kind of was, but I mean, I guess they were trying to pull pass it off as a sequel to, or the, you know they were they were taking it from the events of the third X Men. Yeah, but, but, it, but um, it's, it's its own self-contained story, and it doesn't yeah, return. Yeah, but to I, the that's X-Men what I'm saying. Like I felt like this film ends. I felt like they were gonna keep it self-contained, not have this have this thing. Like, cause to me, self-contained means like it's that's it. You know, like there's nothing. Like there wouldn't be anything at the end to be like, hey, like we got another X Men movie coming out. Cause like really, there is nothing in this film that builds to the next one to me, except for that scene in the, in the credits. But that doesn't that prove that it is a self-contained story? No, but it's just saying like, it's why, why would they make this movie just to have that on there at the end? They they're, they're putting that on there at the end because people want to see something that relates to this upcoming stuff. And it, it, this film doesn't need that stinger at the end. Like this film isn't all about showing that stinger. What this no, I film mean, is all about. Had that. Why? 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 What? Like, what's your beef with that stinger being there? I, I just it to me, it's like if you're gonna make a self-contained movie, like why would you have this tease at the end for the next movie? Like I don't know. Like it just doesn't make because sense. It, it's kind of it like fits... how Iron Man three, like that little tease at the end, wasn't really a tease for the next Marvel movie. It was like its own thing. I I, I don't know. I, I just don't see what your beef is with it because it's this film sits in the X-Men timeline. Like the the third X-Men film leads directly into the events of this film. So by putting a stinger on to the next X-Men film, if Wolverine is going to appear in that, which obviously he is. Yeah. Um, I don't like I don't have a problem with that because it's sitting in the timeline of those stories. And the whole, like, the whole point of this film is that after the third film, Logan has made the deci- decision that he doesn't want to be the Wolverine anymore. Like, he feels that he, um, you know, obviously is destined to this immortal life of just, like, hurting everyone close to him. And then he decides, well, I can't really hurt anyone close to me if I remove all the people close from me and just go off and be by myself. And, uh, like, basically, I don't want to kill anymore. I don't want to be the Wolverine. And by the end of this film, he is learning that, you know, like, hey, there are bad people in the world. And sometimes it takes somebody like him, somebody who can actually do something about that to go out and do something about that. And I think that if this film starts with him rejecting the part of him that is Wolverine and by the end he's embracing that once again, I don't think there's a problem with putting the stinger on it like, whoa, well, um, these people are going to find him like that's. Especially because like, it'd be different if uh, 
the end of the film is him getting on the plane and when he walks in they're both there sitting there in the plane like oh glad to have you back you know like it wasn't like that sort of thing it was a in the credits two years later these people have seeked him out as he was just going about his own thing like i i don't know i i I don't see why you're putting so much emphasis on that stinger in the credits well, I'm not. I'm just pointing it out that it felt like this movie, it was almost like a two-hour trailer for the next one. I completely disagree, but that's... Because, I mean, like, nothing really happens in The Wolverine. But that's, but that's the point of this of this film, is that it's, it, it is literally what I just said. It's, uh, he has made the decision that he doesn't want to be Wolverine. And then by the end of this, he's realizing that, you know, like, it... His he needs a purpose to live. He's stuck here forever. Why not do something with that and try to actually accomplish some sort of good with it? Like take out baddies and junk like that. Like he he has gone from trying to isolate himself from the world to reintegrating himself from the world and not being afraid that he's just gonna hurt everyone around him. Would I'm totally yeah, I mean like I totally am fine with having that arc in his character, but like the the execution of this story, I don't think, was anything that was, you know, fantastic or anything. Like, I just, I, I thought, overall, like, it was pretty, pretty dull. Well, see, like, I, I actually liked that that's all it was. I liked that it wasn't some big, super crazy, like, oh, this villain is going to destroy the world. And Well, yeah, like, I mean, I like that, too, that there wasn't some, like, portal that they opened or something. I mean, regardless of your favorite portal thing not happening, like, I I just think that the fact that no one was really in danger except for him and this family of the whatever their last name was, like, it was just a thing of of a self-contained story of him being forced to kind of become Wolverine again, like, literally. And on top of that, he has to deal with mortality for the first time in his life. Like, that in and of itself justifies this film being made, is you have a person who... Um, is at this point almost taking for granted the the healing ability that he has. Like, it's just a, a thing that he has. He doesn't really hurt that much, and he can't die. And, you know, he can just get sliced to hell, and it's not going to matter because, you know, he, he's just going to heal back and, like, spit the bullets out of his skin and junk like that. Um, but yeah. in this film, he <laughs> succumbs to something that starts to remove that from him. And for the first time, he really has to worry about like i can't just run at guys while they're shooting at me or s- cutting me with knives and all that kind of crap it's you know it, it's kind of like in uh you know like uh, in other films where like a hero loses his power temporarily um yeah like, like it, in... It's, in in spider-man and yeah. uh you know old superman movies like you know it, it's it's a thing where you have somebody who has who has all this strength and all this power um and like you know, nothing can theoretically stop them, but suddenly they are now uh, completely vulnerable to everything that they've never had to be before. And now they have to really worry about like, hey, I could die. Not that I expected, not that I ever thought that Wolverine was going to die in this film, but there's still a level of threat and a level level of danger that he is being um, placed up against that um, is kind of intense. Uh, just Just because the sheer fact that like for the first time, um, you know, like maybe he's not going to die, but maybe somebody he's trying to protect is going to die because he's not able to protect them in the condition that he is. Um, so like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I wish that, uh, I kind of wish that the, so 
I don't I don't know how, some stuff is spoilery, but uh, I I wish he was more of a willing participant in uh, the uh, the way his powers are are taken. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I think that's the only thing that was a little bit was because if we got to see him struggle more over over that decision to like, hey, maybe I do want to be mortal. Because I mean, we get all this time with him, you know, remembering the past and remembering Jean Grey and just uh, having this fear that like you know he's gonna hurt somebody close to him, and he acknowledges the the fact that like he is obviously lonely and life sucks for him and it's not very fun. Uh, but once he's when he's given that chance to uh, to you know give that up, uh, he kind of immediately is like, "No, nah, you don't want what I got." <laughs> you know, like he 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 immediately isn't up for trading that over, and it's not because he really wants to heal. It's just seemingly because, like, I think that's the weakest part of the story is the is the fact that that he isn't really all that tempted with the idea of of like giving up his healing um in in the context of this film and i think that i don't know i just beyond that like him actually having dealing with it is very interesting to me um i i like that this is really just a story where he went somewhere that he didn't really want to go because he was like okay well this guy that i saved you know blah 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 i have this connection with him I'll pay my respects and everything will be good. And then he gets kind of thrown in this situation where he naturally acts heroic because that's just who he is inside. Even though he's like this this dude who kind of just wants to be left alone and seemingly doesn't care about people, he does care about people and he really wants to protect people just naturally. And he he even though he is now like vulnerable, he is still going out of his way to try to keep this person safe. Uh, meanwhile, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I don't know. Like, I, I do think that I do have a huge problem with the third act of this film. It kind of like, as you said, devolves into just sort of like a ridiculous, uh, you know, comic book film. Um, but up until that point, I, I really enjoyed this film. I, I thought it was um, conceived of in an interesting way. And there were some elements that didn't really pay off as much as I would like to, um, especially when, uh, you spend, you know, a couple minutes at the beginning of the film explaining why this sword is called the separator or whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> and then later on in the film when you're fighting something that is theoretically impervious to really stuff, you don't reincorporate that the separator sword. <laughs> like, it seems like uh, like that would be a perfect... Like, there's little things like that where they go ahead and come up with an explanation for and then never use again that kind of felt like... Uh, moments of wasted opportunity but i think on the whole uh i I enjoyed the film and i like i I think it works for me simply on the arc that uh, the wolverine goes through and kind of where he is at the beginning of the film versus where he is at the end of the film so i i don't know like i i don't have a problem with its connection to days of future past and um i think it's a huge step above uh you know x-men origins wolverine but i don't know that's just me well, I mean, my main problem wasn't the fact that it's, you know, was building to the next movie. I just didn't think that they would, I don't know, go that route. I thought we were going to get just like a teaser for the next movie, not like an actual like stinger that we get like in most of these uh, comic book movies. Well, what what what's the like in your mind, what is the difference between what we got being a teaser or what, 
what, what's the difference between what you envisioned we would get and what we like got? i thought we were going to get like an actual trailer like i know uh what was it the end of captain america they just showed like a full-on teaser for the avengers yeah like that that's what i thought we were going to get and honestly i don't think i would have had such a problem with the them throwing that in there if the movie itself was stronger like i I just felt like that, like you said, I think this movie is conceived of well, but it's not executed well. Like I, there's, I think there's like a lot of, I think there, like, I think the script started off pretty solid and then it was like put through the, the ringer, you know, and like there was a lot of meddling with it. It's like, no, we got to add this and it sort of diluted it, you know, and that's kind of why it starts off you know, pretty solid. Like I, I was engaged in the film up until, uh, right after the, the bullet train sequence, which was probably the best sequence in the movie. Yeah. It Uh, it was a lot better than the trailers made it look like it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And even though, uh, Tom Cruise and mission impossible in 1996, still looks better than that it was still pretty awesome like are, are you the, saying you the, wanted I, the wolverine to pull out a stick of gum and smash it together exactly. and be like red light green light <laughs> um but the but the idea of it and watching him just like you know chop these dudes up yeah. on a train was was pretty awesome um but yeah then after that it, it just kind of became like a i gotta protect this girl and then rescue her protect her, rescue her. Oh, I love you, Wolverine. And then, you know, he has sex with her, of course, which was completely unnecessary to hey, have in hey, this movie. You, you don't know. Maybe they just spooned a lot. <laughs> I would be afraid to to sleep next to the Wolverine because you don't know when he's going to wake up and be like, ah, well, Carson, accidentally slash you there. Carson, she was not afraid to sleep next to him because when she was young, her father told her stories about the great Wolverine. <laughs> And how he would protect her one day. He's like, oh, I gotta try this Wolverine on. Uh, oh. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I didn't think the romance subplot there was necessary at all. But, um, but and, they do, they do rectify that by the end of the film. Uh, like, especially the the actress that they cast to play her, her and the the red haired actress were so bland. Like, they were just like the blandest actresses. Like, they did not. They were not up to the level of Hugh Jackman, in my opinion. And then it was on IMDb. I looked, and it was their both of their first film roles, and it kind of showed. Like, I mean, it's unfortunate because, like, it it's weird. It's like there wasn't anyone else really. Like, I don't know. Like to me, their well, characters. Rick, Rick just, was already busy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Too busy in the in the Jaegers. In the Jaegers and also playing a different film that involves Ronin. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I just felt like their roles were not as strong and they were not bringing a presence to them. Um, so, yeah, and like the, the, like the middle half of this movie is basically her getting into situations and Wolverine saving her. And then, uh, like, a long stretch of them, like, eating and her telling her about, like, customs and stuff. And then the end, when he fights, like, the big samurai and the viper's there and she totally looks like Poison Ivy. And, uh, yeah, like, it's just, it's not a very, uh, it's not a very thrilling 
climax. Like the the third act is just kind of like I was sitting there, kind of just like I'm ready for it to be done. You know, you know what makes the climax even worse when your projector goes. Out. <laughs> I was just gonna say, <laughs> uh, when did the projector go? Like, dude, I was I was by that point in the film. I was not invested in it, so I kept thinking. I was like, I wonder when the movie died <laughs> when Chris was watching it. Cause... Without saying too much, there are about three times during the climax when uh, when the Wolverine tackles um, an enemy, a large enemy, off a <laughs> scaffolding and falls down a few flights of or mm. a few floors of a building. It yeah. was the second time he falls down um, or he tackles him down that like all of a sudden, boom, it's black. And everything goes off. You hear about five seconds of sound, and then all of a sudden that goes dead too. And uh, you know what? No one at the Regal Theater came in and said, oh, "We're sorry, we're experiencing technical difficulties." That sucks. Uh, the light came on in the projector room, and uh, some people got up and went out, and then a bunch of people went to the bathroom and came back, and we kind of just sat in the dark uh, until the film uh, came on. And I have no idea how much time was elapsed. Um, but that fight was still going on, <laughs> so, so, I, it, so I assume not too many time, not not too much time had passed. But yeah, that's weird because I thought for sure like they'd come in and at least offer you. They're like, hey, when you you know on your way out, we're gonna give you a free pass or something. Usually, but I guess they figured since the film was like five minutes before the end of the film, and uh, that's lame though. They got it working again. Because like I think in any kind of situation like that where there's a technical screw up snafu yeah technical snafu that they at least should be accommodating i know that they would at the escondido theater because they're all about that i will say uh remember the film mighty joe young oh yeah yeah uh the first time a projector ever screwed up um for me in a theater going experience was in mighty joe young the first time the gorilla comes out of the forest like <laughs> what's her face is standing there trying to like coax it out of the forest and then right before like the scene in the trailer where it's going to jump out and go Rawr! um the projector just went out and then uh we all left and i don't know if i ever finished that movie oh snap yeah because that happened to me at 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 San Marcos, too. I went and saw the movie Stuck on You, the Fairly Brothers movie. <laughs> About with, the Siamese uh, twins? Yeah, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon and, and Greg Kinnear. Yeah. And it was it was probably like maybe in almost an hour into the movie, and then like the projector just died, and then the manager came in, or one of the managers came in and said, like, yeah, like we're gonna try and fix it. And then he came back in and was just like, Yeah, the bulb went out, so we're done. <laughs> yeah. And and, I, I was I was actually really weird, worried too because I know they're all digital projectors. I didn't know if there was a way to like fast forward to the last point you were in, you were in. So I didn't know if like the digital projection computer crashed and then like when they restarted it was going to start from the beginning of the film or something stupid like that. Because I was like, though I am enjoying this film, I don't want to watch it again from the beginning. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because that was a. Uh... Because there's been cases where there's been blackouts in a theater. Yeah. I know we had one when I worked at the Escondido Theater. And yeah, like if your movie's like five minutes from over, if you want to come back and see the last five minutes, you got to watch the whole movie again. Yeah, it's pretty Because I, I know a friend that happened to uh, one of my friends. He went and saw King Kong and he had like 20 minutes left in the movie. And that's like a three-hour movie. <laughs> what what so, is it with gorilla movies that just have the problem? I don't know. Like he's, he said like, yeah, I had to go see it again and watch like – basically watch the whole movie again to see what I you know didn't see. Yeah. He had to see how the that T-Rex fight ended. 
Oh man, no, but he was like, he was at like the very end where like King Kong was on, you know, the building and everything. Gotcha, gotcha. So it was like almost the movie was almost over. So he had to go watch everything just to see the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, it's kind of lame that they didn't come in. in for for you and just be like, hey, we're sorry. At least say we're sorry that it died. Yeah, send the new guy in there to like walk him. Be like, um, guys, uh. <laughs> send Lyle in. Yeah. I want uh, you guys, guys to take okay. out your phone right now and take a picture. <laughs> I got Rob's phone number right here. <laughs> Rob's up in the projection room, guys. That's that's the reason why this happened. I, I you know, I, I'm actually curious now because we make that joke like so, like we make the Rob's phone number joke so much. I wonder how many of our listeners actually go to th- Regal theaters and actually saw the Rob's phone number. Well, it was ad. in it was in uh, AMC too. It was just oh, like okay. a general ad before the movie started. It was the one that got sold with like the 20 or whatever they called it wherever you were. Yeah, so it was it was cuz I remember seeing it when I went to the AMC theaters. Yeah. So it was it was definitely uh, in multiple uh, theater chains. So I'm sure a lot of people saw it. Maybe they just don't remember it as fondly as we do. Yeah, fondly. I don't know if it's fondly that we remember it. Just well, we saw it very uh, a lot of times. Yeah, so. it was ingrained in our memory. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we we are divulging into all kinds of weird tangents right now. But uh, is there? Do you have any last comments about the film? Uh, I mean, not really. I just I wish it would have been better. I wish that that they could have. Uh, gone with like a a really uh, like a much stronger vision in in my opinion i i just think that this movie kind of got bogged down by uh i don't want to say well it's kind of studio expectations like we have to you know make this movie for kind of an all-ages crowd and to me if you're gonna do wolverine like super dark and and hardcore like this was the movie to do it like have the the you know the Japanese setting that storyline. I think this was definitely the one. But but I think I, I think if they were to let's say Darren Aronofsky did do this film and let's say that he like made this crazy really super dark gritty hard R like your yours and my favorite film of like ever like somehow destroys anything that Christopher Nolan has done with superheroes like yeah. just pretend that happens. It would feel so out of place that while it might be cool, it just it wouldn't make sense that it's the same character as any of these other films. And I think that um, it would just be weird. It, I mean, it would it would literally be a reboot, and then you'd have these two separate versions of it, which I don't know if you'd be totally fine with that. But I I don't think it would make sense to see like like rebooting with the same person playing the Wolverine. Like they'd have to recast it and then make sure that it definitely exists outside of the current Marvel films because it, w- it would just, I don't know, it, w- it would just seem out of place because everything else is this PG-13 romp into the superhero world. And like it just, I don't know, I think you kind of have to stick with that to make it fit tonally with other films that this character is appearing in and will continue but that's the thing i don't i don't think that aronofsky i think that was one of the that was another thing that he that he you know disagreed with i think he wanted to just simply make a spinoff like he did not want to have any sort of uh, ties with the other x-men movies because i i think initially 
and I know this is true because they in the according to IMDb trivia, um, they were you know they were try they were thinking of making this a prequel to the first X Men, kind of like how Origins was. Yeah, and they ended up going with uh, you know it being a sequel sort of you know to uh, you know happening after the events of X Men three. Uh, I think uh, I know that I know for sure because I remember seeing an interview with Aronofsky talking about he's like yeah he's like my he's like my Wolverine is going to be called the Wolverine and it's going to be completely you know self-contained from anything else like I I think like I mean that's the true nature of a spinoff in my opinion like I I think that it being completely uh, tonally different from the other films is is fine if you establish the fact that like all right we're doing just this character and it's gonna be its own thing like but when don't you think like if I know you didn't like the the new ama- the amazing Spider Man um, film but if they would have cast Tobey Maguire in it also would you be like fine with them rebooting it if they cast the same guy. Uh, I mean, that would be sort of weird. Yeah, like because that so, was a full-on reboot. Like, I don't, like, I don't think that, uh, like, I, I wouldn't want the Wolverine, um, to be rebooted. Like, I, I would like to see you know Hugh Jackman continue playing the role because I think he's good at it. But I don't think you can completely tonally change the entire film and set it in its own universe without treating it as a reboot and kind of recasting it to be somebody else. I mean. I don't know. Like, I think if it if it has no ties to the other films, I think you can be okay with it. If you if you are trying to build it in the same universe, then yeah, there's going to be problems. Yeah. The only other thing that I'll say about the film is uh, that chick character, whoever the hell she was supposed to be, Viper or whatever you said. Oh, Viper, name. yeah. I don't I don't know what the hell she's doing in this film. Like they could have <laughs> Poison had, Ivy. <laughs> they could have had any other person play a normal scientist who happens to not be a mutant, and I'd have been totally fine with it. Uh yeah. Yeah, her uh, character was unnecessary. Yeah, like beyond unnecessary. Like, why are you putting this person and then like the part where she like rips off her skin to yeah. like to like be like, Look, my head's bald, like a like viper. I'm a lizard or I don't, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't I just I just really didn't care for that part of the film. I mean, you know, she was easy on the eyes, but that's all I can say. I, I don't know. Like, her her character was... Uh, I That's another thing, is that this movie had too many villains, in my opinion. But she wasn't even, like... I didn't even consider her, like, a... No, a, I mean, she was so... Villain. She was so underdeveloped that she was barely a character in her own right, but... I mean, she was... Did have some nefarious acts up her sleeve. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, she got nothing to do. She basically like popped up in the beginning, and then like in two other scenes, and at the end, she's just like, eh, "I'm here, it's Silver Samurai." Yeah. The other thing that kind of bothered me a little bit was the uh, the allusion to like we're gonna do these things, and we're not gonna explain why they work. We're just gonna tell you that they work, and don't delve any deeper than that. Like, um, like the process. Uh, for which somebody can transfer the healing power from one person to another. Uh, like, I get what they're going for. No explanation for why that does work, though. And uh, no explanation for why the power suppression stuff works. So, I'm just saying. Yeah, those were not developed very well. It was just kind of shown, and then they're like, well, you'll you'll get it, right? I mean, I... 
also if if you compare the like you would think that that the ability to suppress somebody's powers would relate one to one with the ability to have those powers so because the way to take the power to the way to pass the power to somebody else has nothing to do with the way to suppress a power um i think those kind of cancel each other out like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah like one highly suggests that the power is inhib like is uh, inherent in a certain part of a person's physicality and uh the other one suggests that it's somewhere else so i just little yeah. side note like i i didn't it didn't bother me that much because at least the film didn't try to explain it terribly they just like passed over it and visually showed you some stuff and you were supposed to put it together yourself so uh theoretically i could just not be smart enough to come up with my own reason for why it works um but who knows i don't know man like there's yeah i think it's kind of a spoiler but i I, I, not a spoiler but i'll just say like the guy that he saved like kind of a dick (laughs) like (laughs) it's like i saved you you idiot like come on Cut a cut a bro a break, you know. <laughs> I, th- yeah, there were some aspects to how that uh, how that transfer was going to take place one way or another that I, that I found kind of interesting. Other than the fact that like it's I don't know it's done in a weird way later on in the film where it's quote explained, but I, I don't yeah I, I we're get we're we're quickly approaching spoilers for this film. But the, um, uh, not spoilers though that. One guy who was in Sunshine, he was also an unnecessary character. He was like the, I don't even know what he really was. He was like the head of something and like Wolverine fought him at the, kind of toward the end with the, uh, I, I don't know if it was the separator sword, but like he was, he was in like samurai garb and like they were fighting and in the dark and Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, but it was like it was that one guy from Sunshine, and he was like super overacting the entire time, and like it was kind of like he was almost doing just like stereotypical Asian bad guy, like you get out of here, like yeah, it was. I was just like, why do we need these characters? And like apparently ninjas are just like you know completely disposable, like they'll just like you know. Well, that's why you have so many of them. <laughs> they're just like they just come out of the woodwork whenever, whenever you need them, like. Yeah, we need to call up some ninjas to fight Wolverine. Don't you remember Ninja Assassin, man? They just crawl out of the <laughs> shadows, like, everywhere. Oh, that was a that was not a good movie. Yakuza. <laughs> Yakuza! Uh, Alright, anyways. Uh, yeah. What do you say we, we end this freaking episode? <laughs> uh, Carson, if you're going to give this, uh, this film a must-see, a record with a caveat, wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'd give it a pass. I mean, it's not, you could sit through a lot worse this summer. Uh, I love Hugh Jackman in this role. I think he deserves better. Um, the movie isn't a complete bore, but uh, yeah, it just gets bogged down by a lot of underdeveloped stuff and a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, just sort of run of the mill uh, elements that are meshing with what I think they were trying to go for, which was a much better movie. Uh, honestly, like the, the Wolverine movie that I think would be awesome, which is have like the Wolverine 
in kind of everyday scenarios, like him in a parking garage, just like, <laughs> ah, like freaking out, like, because everyone's just, you know, there's all traffic in it and like him and Jean Grey are in like Ikea picking out stuff. And he's just like, I hate Ikea. Yeah. I think that would be great. Like him, like interacting with, <laughs> with like, he's trying like to put a, it together with the Allen wrench and, he gets yeah, and exactly. just like his claws come out and just he tries to put it. the furniture together. He's like rips it all to shreds. Like when he's checking out, the guy is like a total snooty checkout guy, and he's just like, "Hey, bub, I cut your head off." Like I just, that would be great. I I would watch the crap out of that movie. Good times. Um. Well, you know, technically, Carson, uh, since uh, since you you have such a strong opinion about the stinger during the trailer, technically, if anybody wants to see Days of Future Past, you would have to ha- make this a must see for them. Because according to you, they wouldn't understand what's happening in that film. I I mean, you could you could not see this movie and still get it. I think I think if you were excited for Days of Future Past, you should just walk in like right when it ends. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see Days of Future Past, though. I think that could be like a really awesome. That's an ambitious uh, undertaking. I think what they're going for there. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for Days of Future Past. Also, I mean, uh, I was a huge fan of X-Men First Class. Yeah, uh, me too, so, yeah. So if they can even approach the level of what that was, then it will be awesome. As for this film, uh, I, I did enjoy it. Like, I I can't say that I didn't. Um, you know, the steam was kind of cut out for me as, like, right during the climactic battle. Uh, you know, the, the, the whatever happened is the system shut down and we were left in the dark for like five minutes while we waited for it to restart. Um, but beyond that, like I did enjoy it. I don't know if it's something that I could like completely recommend because, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, like, like I said, I, I, I enjoyed it. It's probably somewhere between wait for rental and reckon with the caveat. Uh, like I had a good time with it. I think there's a lot of interesting things that happen. I really like, um, just the sheer, I, I really like, Logan dealing with uh, the basically dealing with mortality for the first time in theoretically his entire life. I don't know if that mutant stuff didn't happen until he hit puberty or what, because it's weird that at one point in time he was aging and then he stopped aging. But what up until yeah, I the, never understood that either. Yeah, up until the point uh, maybe he just came out that size. Uh, but up until the no, point where no, because remember in Origins he was a kid and he had like right, bone claws. Kid, in the beginning. Bone claws. Um, yeah. Maybe when they fuse all the adamantium to him, it stopped him from aging. Uh, no, because remember he there's that whole opening montage in Origins where it's like him and Liev Schreiber going through like years Civil worth War of historical events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up until like wherever it's supposed to take place, the sixties. I can't remember seventies. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I don't know either. We need to have like a comic book expert explain to this. Explain this to us. Well, I don't know any, so that'll be, <laughs> you'll have to find us one. <laughs> uh, somebody call in and, and tell us. Yeah, tell us how. Even if you're just reading it off Wikipedia, it'll be me calling in. Yeah, reading try, Wikipedia. You can do a fake Asian accent or something. <laughs> uh, this is Mariko. <laughs> Anyways. I love a Wolverine penis. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, I think that's going to be the end of this review. So Carson, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you throughout the week? Uh, you can go to Practical Candy 
www.wordpress.com. Cool. People can find me over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show. You can follow us on Twitter to figure out when these episodes go live at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or by liking us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to The Wolverine. So hopefully... You're enjoying that. Um, yeah, what are we doing next week, Carson? Uh, Smurfs 2, obviously. Uh, no, dude, we got two guns, man. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, totally down for this movie. I think uh, two guns is in, in the same vicinity <laughs> of uh, Smurfs 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're they're, not, they're pretty much the same movie. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to see on. them together, but in the same vicinity. Exactly. The Smurfs, two guns. Yeah. Never watch a Smurf movie across from a kindergarten full of <laughs> preschoolers. Across from uh, the the best donut place in town. Uh, good times. But yeah, two yeah. guns. We're going to be seeing that. That should be a good time. I'm going to watch the shit out of it. I'm, I'm hoping it's the best of the last few Mark Wahlberg <laughs> movies mis- mixed with the best of the uh, last few Denzel movies. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Carson, for joining me. Yep. Thanks for having me. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. See you later.